Hello and welcome to the Innovation Channel. I am your host, Dr. Ernesto Pukubuateng. In today's episode, I'll be talking about the electromobility, electric vehicles, and why they have become such an important part of the conversation on our transition to the low carbon economy. Let me begin by saying that the electromobility revolution is here. Globally, governments are taking aggressive action related to environmental uh, issues, uh, especially with electric vehicles. Jurisdictions representing over half of global auto sales have an electric vehicle sales target, mandate or ban on internal combustion engines. Others, including the United States, have also set net zero targets. You know, they have agreed to green their fleets, electrified transit and developed charging infrastructure to support uptake. Recently, the Biden administration uh, proposed a $174 billion aid package for electric uh, vehicles, including consumer rebates, support for domestic supply chains, and a national target of 500 and electric vehicle charging stations by 2030. Uh, this is all part of the uh, ambitious infrastructure jobs project, which is currently also being uh, discussed in the U.S. Uh, House of Representatives as well as in the Senate uh, with the alternative proposals. But all in all, it does show that uh, the, there is significant interest in electric vehicles. It is not just governments that are taking this seriously. In fact, car companies have also made pledges. Recently, uh, if you remember, uh, Jaguar Land Rover announced that its Jaguar brand will go all electric by 2050, uh, 25, 2025. The company has also committed to achieve uh, net zero carbon emissions across its supply chain products and operations by 2039. This follows a similar announcement by Volvo that it will feature an all-electric vehicle fleet by the year 2030. This, according to the company's chief technology officer, is because there is no long-term future for cars with an internal combustion uh, engine. The cars that Volvo will make under this arrangement will actually be sold online, thus uh, taking advantage of uh, the new technologies that are coming on board that are being used as models to connect with uh, consumers. Well, not to be left behind, the uh, Ford Motor Company also said in a presentation recently to investors that it expects electric battery-powered cars to make up 40% of its sales worldwide by 2030. During the presentation, the October company said it will be adding $8 billion to its electric vehicle production over the next four years. This followed the launch early of the electric version of its F-150 pickup truck. This is a game changer, you know. For those who follow trucks, you realize that the F-150 is uh, it's a legend, more or less. It's something that uh, the workhorse that people really like. So if there were to be any significant changes in this particular regard, it will also set a bar for others to follow. The reason why decarbonization and electrification of transport makes sense is uh, it's, it's, it's because currently, you know, the uh, sector accounts for about 25% of global CO2 emissions. 
this is expected to uh, increase to 40% under business as usual uh, arrangements. So transportation emissions, as we all know, are the fastest growing sector. So if we are looking at transforming a key sector of the economy, then it makes sense to look at this particular sector. Most so, demand for transportation, especially cars, which is a primary source of congestion and pollution, is expected to increase as the middle class is part. You know, as many people get into the middle income bracket, uh, they demand more cars, uh, bigger cars sometimes, and bigger engines. And that explains why in recent times we've seen significant uh, explosion in the sale of uh, SUVs. In this context, if we do not take action, we, this will, there will be a congestion as more pollution-related deaths uh, will also result because of uh, pollution and air quality issues. Decarbonization uh, will solve some of these problems. Uh, it will also create manufacturing jobs. As you all know, uh, when we use electric cars, we save money. Approximately, uh, it is estimated that um, the use of electric vehicles uh, would approximately save uh, you know, conservatively $2,000 per year in gas and maintenance savings and present opportunities for commercial delivery vans, fleets, and autonomous uh, vehicles. So we need to make take action. But to decarbonize the transportation sector, we will require electrification. We will require electrification. That's something that uh, we have to be very uh, mindful of and conscious of and work towards. While hydrogen has been touted as the best option for decarbonizing the transportation sector, to date, the decarbonization has been driven by battery powered technology, lithium ion batteries to be precise. Dependence on lithium batteries uh, actually pose problems, especially as EV adoption increases. It raises a number of uh, policy and geopolitical questions. For me, those are the fundamental issues that we need to also uh, address, even as we expand and promote and educate people on this uh, whole electric vehicle revolution. For example, when do we source all the lithium that will be needed to make the batteries to power this revolution? Where does all the waste lithium battery goes after we've used them? How do we ensure that the batteries are designed in an environmentally friendly way? And you know who controls the uh, the lithium batteries or the supply chain. And that's a critical chain. How will it affect geopolitical tensions between China and the United States, for instance? You know, uh, recently uh, the Chinese uh, you know, leader was talking about China moving on in the next 100 years after securing itself in the past uh, 100 years, uh, addressing absolute uh, poverty and now marching into the next century with the aim of becoming a relatively prosperous and mighty uh, military machine. You know, so these are all contextual issues that we need to take into account even as the, the uh, search for 
the electric vehicle uh, machine goes on unabated. So say lithium will be a challenge. Currently lithium is found in a few countries, many of them with lax environmental rules. Mining this mineral will also cause environmental damage. Use and disposal of the batteries will also be a challenge. Take lithium-ion batteries. A 2019 report by IVL Swedish Environmental Research Institute uh, estimates that producing batteries for light duty vehicles, electric vehicles, requires 61 to 106 kilograms of CO2 equivalent per kilowatt hour battery capacity. Batteries for the Chevrolet Bolt EV, Nissan Leaf, and Tesla Model 3 are 66 kilowatt hours, 40 kilowatt hours, and 75 kilowatt hours, respectively. So the average uh, give and take is about 60.3 kilowatt hours. In other words, the uh, lower estimate of the CO2 equivalent emissions to build a 60.3 kilowatt battery is about 3,000. 678.3 kilograms. Wow. According to the EPA, that amount of emissions is equivalent to 9,127 miles driven by an average passenger vehicle consuming 414 gallons of gasoline. And put that in perspective, you know, the average American driver travels 13,476 miles in a year, according to a 2018 report by the U.S. Federal Highway Administration. And this doesn't include the social cost of producing lithium-ion batteries, which will include somewhere between 500,000 gallons of water per ton of lithium in South America. You know, toxic pollution from say Tibetan lithium mines or child labor used to mine cobalt in the Democratic Republic of the Congo. Currently, companies like Nissan they do recycle, and they recycle, but without recycling, they will end up in landfills or in developing countries where rules may not apply. And I've seen in places like Accra, Gobloshi Market. Uh, where dumping of electronic waste has become such a big issue, uh, exposing many people, sometimes without any protective covering, to toxic fumes and all that. Um, so think of it, as we increase demand, uh, it will lead to even social unrest in poor countries. And uh, there could also be geopolitical tension at the global level because of uh, lithium's strategic importance. If you uh, bear with me, you remember recently uh, President Biden ordered uh, the uh, state officials to check critical supply chains. And this is something that uh, most jurisdictions would be looking at, looking at the criticality of the supply chain and making sure that it is well protected. So those are fundamental issues that we need to be very aware. So what can be done? I always look at the solutions and uh, yes, there are many, many areas where we can make a difference. Uh, first, to address the potentially negative environmental consequences of lithium battery use, uh, we need to adopt secular economy principles, both in, in design, use, and the disposal of batteries. This means we need to design our waste and pollution, 
We need to keep batteries in use for long by making them modular, repairable, recyclable, and interoperable. You know, currently you can only use uh, specific batteries in specific models of specific brands. You know, what if we could have one that could uh, be switched from one model to the other? That would be a game changer. We also need to make sure that lithium is sourced ethically and made traceable. This will ensure that non-compliance is detected and addressed in time. I am also of the opinion that uh, we need to mine lithium from current stock instead of virgin material. There are tons of battery being sent to landfills. So why can't we recover these uh, lithium from these materials? That would be something that would be less uh, environmentally damaging because uh, to help. Another solution is to uh, promote extended producer responsibility for batteries. We already have some for household and small batteries, but if we could extend it in light of the new uh, developments around uh, electric vehicles, then we will be promoting a more holistic approach to waste management. And when we talk about the uh, expanded producer responsibility, I'm looking at, uh, you know, involving take back uh, deposit schemes and community recycling and stewardship programs. Governments can assist this process uh, by mandating minimum recycled content uh, rules. Co uh, consumers, investors and entrepreneurs can also expedite the process by developing and supporting new business models such as you know rentals, stewardship versus ownership where people do not own the batteries but they could rent them at a point of need. We could also even look at you know battery exchanges and battery as a service. You know the new platforms and new forms of engagement of ownership that have been opened up by the fourth industrial revolution offers us so many opportunities to ensure that uh, the negative impacts of extended or expanded uh, lithium battery use is uh, forestalled. The search for alternatives such as sodium must also be intensified. You know, there is a lot of research uh, that is already going on. The research and development in this area is already intense at the uh, April Climate Leadership Summit organized by the United States where uh, universities that were doing great work uh, on sodium, magnesium, and other alternatives to lithium batteries. Uh, those are the kinds of uh, research that we should also be promoting. But more can be done as the quest for low carbon uh, future continues. According to the International Energy Agency, uh, yay, existing technologies only take us 40% of the way uh, in meeting our Paris target, the remaining 60% of decarbonization or net zero will have to come from yet to be developed uh, technologies. So this calls for significant investments. So governments, you know, private sector, car companies, uh, you've got a lot of work to do. And for us uh, who are promoting innovation and looking forward to uh, a transformed transportation sector, this is something that we will be pushing along the lines. Electric vehicle uh, revolution, let me say finally, is here.
nothing will stop it. Right. Care must be taken to reduce the environmental, political, and social impact of that switch. Adopting a circular economy principles, EPR programs, supporting new business models, and promoting research and development of cheaper alternatives uh, will be helpful. And uh, this is something that everybody should be pushing for. And if recent announcements, uh, recent activities by car companies or anything to go by, then it looks like many are already on board. And we should be heading for a very, very sustainable destination. So this has been your host, Dr. Ernesto Pokubachi, talking about the electric vehicle revolution. Join me next time for a discussion, another important discussion on the Innovation Channel.